Hello, I'm Bruce Sinclair, and welcome to this podcast from Jordan Hill Parish Church, during which we will share in reading, reflection and prayer for Sunday the 11th of October. Today our reader is Ian Anderson. Our reading this morning is taken from the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 22, reading verses 1 to 14, the wedding banquet. And again Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a marriage feast for his son, and sent his servant to call those who were invited to the marriage feast but they would not come. Again he sent other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, Behold, I have made ready my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves are killed, and everything is ready. Come to the marriage feast. But they made light of it, and went off, one to his farm, another to his business. 
while the rest seized his servants, treated them shamefully, and killed them. The king was angry, and he sent his troops and destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the thoroughfares, and invite to the marriage feast as many as you find. And those servants went out into the street, and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to look at the guests, he saw there was a man who had no wedding garment. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot, and cast him into the outer darkness, where men will weep and gnash their teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Amen. Thanks be to God for his word to us. The Nobel Peace Prize is one of five Nobel Prizes established by the will of the Swedish industrialist, inventor and armaments manufacturer Alfred Nobel and has been awarded 101 times individually and jointly over the years since 1901. Recipients have included luminaries such as Nelson Mandela, Desmond Tutu, Amnesty International and, slightly more controversially, Henry Kissinger, Barack Obama, Yasser Arafat, Shinyan Perez and Yitzhak Ravine. This week it was announced that it will be awarded to the United Nations World Food Programme for its efforts to combat hunger and for its contribution to bettering conditions for peace in conflict areas and for acting as a driving force in efforts to prevent the use of hunger as a weapon of war and conflict. Since 1961, when the agency was established, following calls from Eisenhower for a workable scheme to provide aid through the United Nations, it has provided assistance to just under 100 million people in over 88 countries. The largest response to date has been its work in the conflict-ridden Yemen, helping the most vulnerable people. Climate shocks and economic pressures have compounded the plight. Combined with the current global pandemic, it has been a brutal impact, pushing millions more to the brink of starvation in hotspots like Yemen or South Sudan or the Democratic Republic of Congo. The World Food Programme are at the forefront and know firsthand how hunger and conflict feed each other. They have always understood the critical link that peace has in ending hunger. Food can be a tool for peace. 
Today, our Gospel reading follows on in that line of parables that Jesus confronts the temple authorities with, including the parable of the workers in the vineyard. Today, we look at the parable of the wedding feast, a more challenging version than is found in Luke's Gospel, the parable of the dinner guests. Here is a feast, it would seem, that has rules and regulations and a surprising outcome. The wedding feast is an open invitation to the great and the good. The invitations are sent out with the king's servants, but people will not come. The king sends out his servants again. People begin to make excuses, even ignore the invitation. It becomes even worse when some beat and kill the servant messengers. This is more than a social snub. It is murder. The king, in indignation, sends out his troops, destroys the people and burns their city. The king then tries one more time. This time, since all the preparations for the party have been made, he throws open the banquet hall and everyone, regardless of whether they are good or bad, is invited to come and share in that royal banquet. These lucky new guests meet the king's son and sit at the king's table, and then the king himself comes in to see the guests, and he notices that a man is there who is not dressed as he should be. He has no wedding clothes on, and he asks the man, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? It seems that more than just showing up for the party is required. Where would this man, just dragged in off the streets, get a black bow tie, robe or a suit? And why on earth does this once gracious and inclusive king become so mad about the poor man's improper dress, telling his servants to bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness? At the end of this otherwise gracious, inclusive, welcoming parable is that jarring command. The man is speechless, and the command is given, throw him out. As one translation puts it, there he may wail and gnash his teeth. The man's silence perhaps gives a possible insight to what is going on. Looking at it from his point of view, I think he expected that everything was okay. He was an invited guest, and all kinds of people were there. So what did it matter that he didn't wear anything special? The host surely wouldn't care about that. Except he was wrong. The host did care. He expected people to at least have made an effort. The parable must have been quite a impact on the people who were there at the very first telling. It spoke forcibly into a culture where there were very defined social roles and norms, and cut across those traditions. Food and hospitality were ingrained to social structures and the functioning of society itself. Those who would normally be expected to attend such a great feast excluded themselves, and so the invitation list was broadened. This parable points to an inclusiveness that Jesus is keen to emphasise throughout his ministry, much to the disgust of the religious leaders of the day those who were keen to guard the faith. All are welcome, 
to the feast. The table that Jesus sets, as we proclaim every time we celebrate communion, has no boundaries and is open to all. This is a flavour of God's kingdom, inclusive, embracing, gracious. Hospitality to welcome the stranger. God's love is open and available to all. His invitation is to everyone. Will we make the effort? Jesus suggests a social system without hierarchy and beyond reciprocity. Through such activities, true humility, fellowship for fellowship's sake, can be enjoyed. Through such activities, those marginalised people become members of the group. It's not that you shouldn't invite family or friends or the rich to your table, but nor should you forget those who do not fit into that circle. When we live in a world where food hunger and malnutrition are commonplace, where hunger is used to oppress countries and as a weapon of war, where we are more concerned with stocking our own shells than our neighbours, where the use of food banks has become the norm and a solution to the imbalanced and largely ignored social need. Into this, Jesus reminds us of how the Kingdom of God sets different priorities. We have been given everything that we need or could ever want. It has been placed in our hands and we have been invited to enjoy it and to share it. We have been invited to open our doors like the King, and welcome people in with a generosity that knows no bounds, and to encourage them to enjoy the feast of God's love and to grow as Jesus' disciples, sharing in a journey that clothes our whole world with peace. The Kingdom of God sets different priorities, reminding us all of God's children and how we can all be nourished physically and spiritually, for all are welcome. Amen. couple of questions for reflection to take us into the coming week. Thinking about the parable of the wedding banquet, when was the last time that you were invited to a meal and what was it that made it special? And what do you think Jesus was trying to accomplish by telling this story? And how does that affect us today? When was the last time that you were invited to a meal? And what was it that made it special? And what do you think Jesus was trying to accomplish by telling this story? And how does that affect us today? A prayer of gratitude and concern. Loving God, we glimpse out of the window and see the change in the season trees changing colour, the sun dipping earlier into the evening sky. In the freshness of each new day, we feel the change in the air, the crispness of autumn, the clean breeze that catches our breath, 
all reminding us of your creation and generosity. In generosity, you invite us to share this world. Give us the capacity to invite others to share equally all that you have provided. May our prayers always be invitations and the words that we use be an invitation to include all into your love. May all the people in our prayers be the names written on every invitation to the feast of life and the banquet of heaven. Hear us as we pray for a faith that has excluded too many because of doubt or place or background or culture. Let our prayers be a renewal to include others and awaken our minds to the generosity that comes with an open mind and an open heart. Hear us, we pray, for cultures that have excluded too many people because of religious practice, for fear of the other, excluded because of economy or a growing gap between the haves and the have-nots. May our prayer be to renew our relationships and a new sense of justice. Hear us, we pray today, for a world that often excludes far too many through conflict and trade, through economic systems that favour the wealthy, through regions where poverty and hunger exacerbate war and communities are trapped. We pray too for those organisations that provide aid and remind us all of the disparity in our world. Let our prayer today be an invitation to ourselves to broaden our faith, renew our relationships and build your kingdom, letting all come to the banquet feast. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Now, let us go in peace today. Let us know that God is love, that Christ's light endures, that the Holy Spirit is found throughout all creation. Thank you for joining with me today for this time of worship and may the blessing of God, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be with you and all those you love this day and every day. Amen.